Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to McKnight Tonight. My guest is a comedic force in Australia who has forged a career as a double act with his mate Hamish Blake. Andy Lee is about to launch a new show on Channel 9 called Hamish and Andy's Perfect Holiday, which looks set to be another hit for the boys whose career almost ended before they began. Andy Lee, welcome to McKnight Tonight. Nice to be on. Thanks very much for taking the time. Oh, mate, an absolute pleasure. I have now watched two and a half episodes of Perfect Holiday. I haven't quite finished episode three, and I'm chomping at the bit too. This is such oh, a good. fun series. I thought... I, I... I was worried that maybe you got through two and a half and went, no, nah, that's enough for this. Oh, no, I've been, <laughs> I've been, <doing> too <laughs> no, I've been binging in less than 24 hours and I was watching bits while the kids were getting ready for school this morning and they couldn't get enough of it. They were. I actually had to turn it off because they weren't getting ready for school. The whole family was coming past and watching it. So it's a triumph. Oh, fantastic. It's a triumph in the McKnight household anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I've actually got my, my nephew's um, staying with me for two days coming up. Uh, they're, pretty, they're pretty young, two and four. A mum normally has bedtime at around 7.30, but um, uncle's already stepped in and told them that it's going to be 8.30 as you have to watch television. <laughs> well, that's what uncles are for. That's what uncles are for. Yeah. Mate, talk, talk to me about the evolution. It's been quite a trip for Hamish and you, you know, from your old radio and Channel 7 days to where you yep. are this major powerhouse, really. Um, it would be unexpected for a show that you guys produced not to do well. Um, is there a pressure that comes along with that or an expectation? Uh, yeah, good question. No, not really. Not until you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I better tell Hame. I better ring Hame immediately to share the pressure. Um, <laughs> no, not really. I mean, what's been interesting about our ride the whole way was we've just kind of done things that were fun to us uh, or funny to us mm. uh, or an attempt to make the other person laugh. Um, and if we succeed in that, um, that's where the fun and that's where what drives the creative for us. Um, we've been lucky enough that our sense of humour has resonated with a lot of people, which has been great. But there'll be a day for sure where it no longer does because we know comedy is cyclical and uh, and there are, there, are, there are ways of it. So um, I'm sure at some point, uh, and it may be on Sunday night, <laughs> um, where people have had enough of it. Uh, but it, no, I don't feel the pressure to be doing the show for Australia. It, it's more just uh, performing with Haim, and, and as long as we're having as much fun at the time, um, 
hopefully we're in a good place. Well, there aren't many duos I can point to that have had the longevity of you guys. Ant and Deck in the UK, maybe, and they've also had yep. a lot of success. Um, there's an authenticity to your One relationship. One of them went into rehab, yeah. and I'm not sure if that's going to be me or Hamish. Um, obviously, he's got kids to take care of, so I'll put my hand up for the rehab. Uh, I'll do that. <laughs> well, at least you're willing to make the sacrifices to be successful. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, do you? There, but there is an authenticity that comes from your relationship with Hamish. Uh, do you ever get annoyed? I mean, I assume your friends. You must get pissed off with each other at times, and it yep. must have a normal, uh, the normal highs and lows of a relationship. Yeah, I, I reckon we probably keep it uh, a little more steady than others, but given the fact that we love working together so much, and we would want to keep going. Like, um, it's very rare that you get to have a job. That you love so much, laugh so much in, <laughs> and and so where we we really appreciate that, and so we realise the friendship is what drives that. So it's not often, you know, you can have a bust up with your mate at the pub and um, over a pool match, and uh, you know, speak to them for a few weeks, and that's fine. Um, we probably can't afford to do that. It's not to say that we brush anything out of the carpet, but you know, it's probably more like a marriage um, mm. uh, without the sex. Uh, Although you've um, probably seen each other naked There's certainly been elements of that within the shows Absolutely, we've had uh, numerous showers together (laughs) Not by choice, but just by happenstance Um, And uh, yeah, I would say that We just probably work on the relationship more Mm. than other mates would have to And that's just opening up, you know, conversations. not when I say work on it. We're not going to sitting down on the couch with anyone. It's more just making sure that you, uh, you know, listen to each other a lot more than you perhaps would with your, with your normal best mate. But um, mm. it, it bodes, bodes well for us. Mate, when you think about how your career has evolved and you got a big break with Channel 7, which didn't quite work out, and you mm-hmm. sort of both had to keep fighting, do you think that was actually a, mm. a, a, the moment that made you when you sort of, in a way, failed and then had to come back yep. from that and you came back bigger. Do you think things would have been very yep. different if the Channel 7 show had been successful? Would you have attained this totally. level of success? Um, yeah, totally. Totally would have been different. Sorry, when I say this level of success, no. Um, and, and look, success is... Um, there's different people measure success really differently. Of course. So, um, Obviously, people saying how many people may have watched something is, is success, success, but um, I've got mates that just want to have time with their families and don't care about work at all. And, and I think I think they're the, the most successful people in the world because they've mm. kind of sorted out what they want in life. Um, but as far as, like, how big it's become and, and how well-known it's become, absolutely not. And Hayman and I have talked about that in the past. Is the worst thing, you know, people said, oh, how terrible Channel 7 to cut two guys and they were 22 or whatever, however old we were. We were surprised that they gave us the opportunity. <laughs> that was the crazy part. I mean... <laughs> they weren't. They weren't. They weren't harsh to um, uh, idiots to cut us. They were idiots to put us on at the first place. Because <laughs> um, we'd done uh, five half-hour episodes on Channel Thirty One before we got mm. given a prime time channel, a commercial television show. Um, but the, the great thing about that axing was um, there were parts of that show that we were, we were puppets in, in, in a lot of it. We were mm. new and we're getting told what to do. And we're listening to people's advice and it was it was their best advice that they could give but it wasn't true to what we kind of wanted to do um and what we found funny at times so uh, having a chance to fail and then reset and learn from that um and and then and go okay well now let's just do the stuff we want to do let's incorporate our own company straight after that and let's make our shows ourselves 
we would never have done that. I mean, the worst thing that could have happened to us is if Channel 7 decided to keep us on till the end of the season. It probably would have been six more episodes would have faded away. There wouldn't have been an outcry that, that Channel 7 were, were un, we were unfairly treated and hence um, would have probably faded away. So, um, yeah, no, we're kind of grateful of the way it, it panned out and, and certainly grateful to be axed, which is a strange thing to say. <laughs> no, uh, Ida Butro says uh, you're not anyone in television until you've been fired. So, you know, it's uh, she wears it with, a, with pride, so as I have and as you should too. Um, yes. Let me talk to you, though. You then went to 10 and you started redeveloping your brand. At, but it's really with Nine that you seem to have found a home, uh, a, a company, and I guess that's through people like Michael Healy and the programmers, where you've developed yeah. a great relationship where you can go out and do these programs that they gobble up. And, and you know, you, you, your variety is huge. You know, True Stories was a big departure from what you were doing with Travel Series It's mm. Um, mm. And, and has become a brand around the world. So do you feel that you've got a great relationship with Nine and that that great freedom to experiment yeah absolutely and um and look kind of stemmed from when ginge and, and healy first mm. came and met up with hamish and i and they weren't expecting us to we were very comfortable and happy at channel 10 um they weren't expecting us to but they were just sounding us out and they wanted to meet up um at that time channel 10 went through uh administration change and i think um packer and murdoch and and all those guys uh, and gina reinhardt was in there for a while yeah. and i the Channel 10 kind of froze all acquisitions. So it was kind of out of, um, we needed a home. We'd already announced <laughs> that we were finishing the radio show. Um, and I was just super impressed with the way Ginge and, and Michael uh, Healy approached that conversation, which mm. was, we want you guys to exist because of who you are. Uh, we're not trying to, to, to mould you into a Channel 9 thing. And, and I remember Ginge over a beer was just saying, we want to make it look like that you somehow stolen the feed for the station. It shouldn't be a Channel 9 show. Um, and that's kind of been the philosophy from the get-go. It's just like we do what we do and, and hopefully it sits fine on, on, on the network. And um, there were certainly probably battles earlier on where we were a bit more steadfast about how promo should be, et cetera, and, and realised that we're probably getting that wrong, to be honest. We probably wanted, to, we probably needed to learn the nine audience a little bit more but the idea for us was to bring a new audience to that network and, and our audience, and it's worked out really well. Well, it's interesting you say that because you certainly do seem to have a very business mind when it comes to how you and Hamish and your products are delivered and sold. Um, I heard a Game Changers interview with you when you were telling the story about how um, the bosses at our stereo only wanted you... Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. From Monday to Thursday, and you decided to do Friday for free, and came up with a gimmick mm. so that they'd allow you to do that. Because why did you think that was so important? Well, I mean, the opportunity for someone else to depart and listen to another station on a Friday if we weren't there, I found 
not a, a terrific tactical move. Mm. <laughs> um, but there's not a lot of people that would get that. And I'm, I'm quite impressed with the fact that you saw it from that point of view, that we can't give up this slot. I would rather do it for free and maintain yep. that audience. That is actually very smart thinking in a long-term yeah. strategy. And, and Hamish and I both felt that I should maintain. It's like, it's so, what, what's one great advantage, again, of being mates when you do a show like this? Um, and, and, and have a career is you get to bounce it a lot. You get to bounce mm. all these things that you're feeling. And, um, and so, you know, people can lean on managers and agents and, and lawyers, and, and we're really lucky in that respect um, that we've got great people around us in that, in that regard. But Hamish and I think so alike in the creative space so to be able to lean on it, you know, I feel like I've got another me when I'm concerned <laughs> about something. I can ask him, and 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 you, you, we're going to arrive at the what we think's right for us, whether it's the right outcome in, in the long run, who knows? But um, yeah, absolutely an advantage for us is just chatting those through, and and it, but it always comes back to the creative. It was like we didn't care about the money at all. Um, it was just we wanted the opportunity to to make the best show we possibly could, and we thought that included Fridays. And it's the same. We had the same discussions with the with the network um, for any TV show we've ever done, where we will, you know, stick to our guns on certain elements, and um, we don't have to do that very often with Nine because uh, yeah, they are really trusting. And it's interesting. You both have developed more of a relationship where you can also do your own project. We obviously saw Hamish do Lego Masters this year, but you've yep. been branching out with your books, which are so successful. And the first time. I came across um, Do Not Open This Book was when I was at a special needs camp for kids with special needs and they were reading the story to these kids and all of these kids, you know, these highly autistic kids, kids with severe disabilities were transfixed by this book and getting involved and making the decision with the teacher to read it. And it was captivating. And and I was telling you just before we started recording how much my daughters love these books and especially my middle child. And uh, are you surprised when you wrote this, were you, are you surprised that it can have such an influence on kids? I mean, you're up to how many books now? Is it book four? Yeah. Four's come out. Um, Oh, absolutely. I think I'm the most shocked person in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it again, um, I fell into it because I, I wrote a book for my nephew for his first birthday and it wasn't even meant to be printed. The idea was I was going to make a singular copy and give it to my sister. Um, and I, I'm making it sound like I have these thoughtful gifts uh, all the time. This is the first time probably I've had this kind of thoughtful gift in 35 years. So, <laughs> so I, I owed my sister one of them and she's particularly thoughtful and so is my brother. Um so I had this idea, and, and then my friend, who's a publisher, he he was going to make up a test book for me, and he said, "Oh, can we publish it?" And I said, "No, for months." I'm glad I've changed my opinion, or he changed my opinion, um, because and, and with that, it, it again there was there was no pressure heading into it because I never wrote it with that in mind. Mm. So I, I was lucky. I really and I, I view myself really fortunate in that regard because. When someone sits down to embark on a new project or in a different field for theirs, there can be nerves and, and are my skills going to translate, et cetera. And, and none of that was going through my mind because it was just a, a gift for my nephew. So um, I, was, I, was, I luckily fell into it and, um, and since then I put a lot more thought into it and, and seeing kids, not just in Australia, and, and I loved hearing that about special needs kids, but around the world, um, send videos in of, of them reading it and engaging in it and 
um, yeah, like you mentioned, um, teachers, uh, a lot of teachers have reached out to me as well to say mm. that there's, it's truly an interactive book. And I, again, probably didn't understand the gravity of that, but the kids are making decisions the whole way through mm. opposed to just being read something. They're truly not, they're truly in control of the destination. Now it's obviously, it's not a huge choose your adventure. You either put down the book on one page or you keep turning, but it's at least a choice. Uh, and that's what's been, um, that has worked really well for it. Uh, absolutely. Uh, do you think there will be some television projects you veer off to in your own? Um, Great question. My happy place is with Haim. Mm. Um, I just love it. Uh, and so I'm, I'm sure there would be uh, things that might pop up that he's not interested in that I am really interested in, and, and that's when we depart. But as far as time allocation, the, the Hamish Standy projects are always front of mind for me. Of and, um, and then and then if, if there's a, a, additional time, um, yeah, I'll, I'll be able to explore that and there's we've obviously a lot of similar interests and then and we've got a lot of separate ones and then I'm looking forward to as time goes on and, and we get the work life balance going, which we've managed to create a lot more with doing a podcast rather than full time radio. Um, I think there'll be a time to explore more of those in, in the future. And of course that podcast is just constantly at the top of the charts. Uh, another success story. But with Perfect Holiday, how many days mm. were you shooting for? Was it about fifteen to twenty days? We, good question. I think we we're away from nearly a month. Right. Um, uh, so yeah, it would be. I think as far as shoot days go, I, I reckon it would have been just over twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we didn't have too many breaks in there because we we're having so much fun along the way, and um, there's, a, there's a fair bit of travel, as <laughs> you would have noticed. Yes. Um, but uh, it didn't feel like work ever. Um, well, that was my question. The work came when we, it starts, yeah. it's something like that starts fun, but by the end of the shoot, does it get a little bit tiring where you're just like, I'm ready to go home now, or were you still having the time of your life? Oh, still having a ball. Um, I knew that, um, you know, we, we post-production is, we both play a big role in that, and um, and I edit a lot of the show, so I Do knew you? that, um, yeah, so I knew that the more we went out and had fun, the more work we were creating behind, <laughs> at the other end. So that was the only thing on, on my mind. I was going, we need to wrap this holiday up bloody quickly because otherwise we're creating too much work for us at the other, at the other, at the other side. So, um, uh, yeah, Haim and I are across all, all that stuff. And, and uh, look, we find it a lot of fun. Um, I particularly enjoy that, that part of it. Uh, so when so you say you're editing, though, do, do you mean that yeah. you're sitting down with an editor or you're physically doing the editing? No, I sit down with the editor. Great. Um, so you're making a lot uh, of the sure. post-production and choices? Yeah, and... yeah. We'll sit down and we'll go through everything. We, we, Amish and I want our our story to go to where. We don't want to just go do something and go, okay, now someone else, you can decide what was good and what was bad. Um, we want the, sh- the, the show to represent what we found fun mm. for the holiday and for the trip. And so that's why we find it really important to be across, you know, almost every, well, not almost every frame, every single frame. Um, and then if we've worked the editors too long, uh, there's a catastrophe when I'm actually on the machine itself, which happens very, very rarely. <laughs> but um, I, I work at around about a hundredth of the pace of a normal editor. <laughs> and, uh, and, and uh, Tim, who is a very good editor and uh, co-worker, and uh, he owns Project Variety with Hamish and I and Ryan, he often, when I when he comes in and sees me about to take the seat, he comes in and goes, have you made a copy? 
Have you duplicated it? <laughs> Are you working out of your copy to make sure that I know to raise it? <laughs> Uh, all good practices for any editor anyway. Um, it's yeah. interesting that you guys have been going for so long that you are able to go back and pull a prank on someone. I'm thinking of the guy who uh, knocked your teeth out. Um, how you, <laughs> that, you know, what was that, 10 years ago? And you can go back and you've now got this library of stories where you can actually go back and revisit and put that into your new material. Oh, I think there's a terrific moment and a great idea from Haim to have to organise a day of revenge. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the thing about it is, yeah, we've rather than ignoring the past, and it's the same with the podcast. It's like there is now that you've you've established a, a world, um, mm. and it happens to be your life. So, so <laughs> um, but you can draw from that, and, and our listeners are so great at reminding us of things that like big statements we made. At, that in 10 years' time we'll do this or five years' time. So it's funny to start reflecting on that. Um, and, yeah, seeing this guy 10 years on um, was incredible. And chatting to him afterward, we performed the sting after a quite the elaborate setup. He just said, "I, I we said, do you remember? He goes, of course, I remember you guys. And uh, that was a crazy day. And, we've, and it was huge on YouTube for us over here. So I showed all my mates. And so... He said it's going to be very weird now there's an additional chapter 10 years off. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, Hamish and Andy's Perfect Holiday starts Sunday, November 17 at 7pm. It's a cracker of the show. It's three episodes. Uh, I'm assuming that's every Sunday. Yep. And it's fantastic, uh, Andy. You should be very proud of it. Thanks so much, Rob. I really appreciate it. Fun, insightful interviews from a watchdog producer with nothing to Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.